BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you don't have a full 50 minutes to listen to James and Mason make their picks in the UFC this weekend, that's cool. You won't hurt their feelings much. Grab the DGENS app. D-E-G-E-N-S, exclamation point. It's for Android. It's in the app store for iOS. Grab it, and I post all their picks Friday morning. Absolute sports betting degeneracy. Hey, everybody. Arch here, and it is Thursday after the main show, which can only mean we're talking UFC. What's going on, James? What's going on, mate? I thought I'd have some time to kill, so I thought I'd hop on and talk to you. How are you doing? Oh, I'm glad you could just uh, pencil us in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm all busy now, so I've got to pick my time wisely. And fortunately for you guys, you know, you can slot, slot right in. Now, there you go. There you go. And by popular demand, Mason is here. What's going on, Mason? How's it going, Arch? I just thought I'd make an appearance for the people asking for me. Yeah, right. I mean, they were demanding. Wait, where's Mason? Where's Mason? James and I are just uh, chopped liver, I guess. We're too boring. Yeah, that's it. That's it. What can I say? Yeah. All right, James, the big question on everyone's mind, aside from Hello. UFC, <laughs> we put up a poll. Does James yes. did James have corona? Yes or no? What's the results? What was the final results from the poll before I oh, briefly no, indulge you? It was 50-50, split right down the middle. It was 50-50. Well, for those who clicked yes, are going to be very disappointed. Oh, no. Because, yeah, including you, Arch, you little fucker. Uh, <laughs> cannot wait. I've proved you wrong big time. You just, no matter how hard you try, you just cannot get rid of me. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I had 48 hours. And within 24 hours of the test, if um, I had it, then they would have sent me a text. Haven't got that text, so I'm assuming that I haven't got it. And it came back all negative. So I'm here. I'm fit and healthy and ready to go. So sorry, Arch, but you know you're going to have to be crying tonight because yeah. I'm negative. Negative. All right. So it was fi- <laughs> the poll ended up being fifty fifty. Yes, no. So yeah, the no's have it. <laughs> and if you you're spend no now, if you spend time with James any you know, for any amount of time, you'll see why I was rooting for Corona. I'm just saying. That's- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to tell me that. that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, we do have some fights to talk about. We got 13 fights. We got three of us. You two are the experts. I'm more going to hang back and see where we can make some money based on what you think. And because I didn't have time to run the numbers. So, <laughs> James, take it away, man. Let's let's do it. Uh, for my sort of personal opinion, I think we've got a cracking main event this weekend lined up. Obviously, bar last weekend. So, some may say it was a shit show, but um, it's one of them cards whereby it's not stacked on paper, but they do bring up some uh, top-notch performances. But this weekend, we've got a very good card considering it's a, a fight night in Abu Dhabi between Marlon Rice and uh, Corey Sanhagen. And you look at it on paper, I think the £135 division right now is arguably the promotion's most loaded weight class. I mean, from top to bottom, you know, it's filled with so many class athletes and this sort of one to watch I think people tend to overlook upon the lower weight classes but right now I mean the bantamweight division is one to watch and obviously you've got uh, Pieter Jan defending his title probably at the end of the year early 2021 against Al Sterling and arguably the winner of this fight will easily you know put themselves in line for the next title shot um, obviously some would have argued that Marais should have got the title shot already uh, against uh, Henry Cejudo, who was champion then. Obviously, lost. To, well, he beat Jose Aldo in December, and that was his last fight. And but for some weird reason, the UFC decided to give it to Jose Aldo, probably for his namesake. 
rather than who based on who deserved it. <clears throat> so this is a perfect opportunity for Martin to come back and sort of stake his claim as the number one contender. And essentially, Marais is probably, in my opinion, the very monstrous striker at 135. I mean, his leg kicks are vicious. Um, and he's a brilliant boxer too. He's very crisp and precise and has a tendency to land those big combinations early to the body and to the head. So that's probably his greatest strength and one of the other you know top class tools in his arsenal is probably his timing he's very precise and very skilled when it comes to landing he picks his shots right uh he seems to be un- seems to understand the movement of his opponents very well and can adapt to their game so he's got a good fight iq and obviously Corey sandhagen himself is a great striker uh so it'll be an interesting matchup on paper marlon rice is BJJ is a bit uh, touch and go. He's very f- offensive in the grappling exchanges, but not too complete. So maybe Corey Sandhagen maybe want to take the fight to the floor, but obviously he's had issues himself in the mat against Daljamin Sterling, whereby he got submitted in the first round. So t- in my opinion, it's probably going to take place standing, but if Corey Sandhagen wants to take the fight to the floor, then he's proven that he does have the ability to sort of finish the fight there. Um, for me, it's just a case of who can land early and whose striking style can wear down who early. I think Koisan Hagen does have the ability to wear down Marlon early with his stru- uh, with his well-timed shots, and he's a very hard hitter himself, Corey. So, on paper, they're very evenly matched, in my opinion. It's tough to call, but I think, from my sort of perspective, I'm probably going to go with the more sharp and the more top-notch striker in Marlon Moraes. I think he's going to explode early on, but he's got to be careful and towards the later rounds, the championship rounds, because that's when we may see Marlon Tyre. So I'm going to go for a third round TKO for Marash. All right, Mason, what are your thoughts on this one? I've gone kind of the opposite. While I agree with a lot of what James was saying, I think I think they're both great strikers. I do believe Marlon has the edge in the striking exchange, but I've got a feeling Corey's want to take it to the grounds. And just by that, I know his ground game is really good and, Although Marlon's is good as well, like James said, it's a bit touch and go, so I'm going to go for a Corey Sandhagen via decision. Oh, decision. All right. So uh, Marlon is the underdog. He opened up plus 131. He's plus 120 now, so he's getting a little bit worse. Corey opened up minus 151, minus 138 now. So it's getting a little bit better for the favorite Corey there, but uh, let's see here. James, third round TKO. Ooh. Let's see. If it ends in the third, plus 1,200. Uh, early stoppage by Marlin gets you plus 187, so that's not bad. Uh, for Mason's decision, that play pays plus 275. So it's again, it's, it's an instance where both of your predictions are all catching plus lines, so I like that. I like that. You can, prob- you can bet all that pretty easily and cover all those bets. Right. Let's move on to the next one. I'm very much looking forward to this one. Uh, featherweight clash between Edson Barboza and Makwan Amakani. Um, obviously, Edson comes into this fight with a record of 20 and 9. He's lost the last three of his fights, so it's not been the best of runs for him on paper recently. But you know what to expect from Barboza. He's predominantly a hard hitter himself. And in this fight, it's sort of a, a clash up in styles whereby Edson's the predominantly the more go-to striker in the, depart- um, the sort of standard department. And Makwan is arguably a complete grappler, complete wrestler, but he does also have the ability to sort of strike as well. But I don't think he's going to want to compete with Edson on the feet because look at Barboza. He's a former 155er. He's a big lad. Kept dropping down an extra 15 pounds to compete at featherweight. So he knows, he knows the drill. And I think Macron's very, he's got, again, he's got a very good fight IQ. He's going to know the drills. He knows the score with uh, Edson Barboza. So he's probably going to want to immediately look to get the fight to the floor as soon as possible and try and get the early submission. I've seen many people uh, favour Macron in this fight. Or, and uh, it's a bit of a 50-50 split, but I think Macron coming into this fight is a heavy, not a heavy underdog, but he is a bit of a an underdog to say the least. And mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Though in the end, I'm probably going to go for Barboza. I would, there's a part of me that would take that plus money on uh, Macron because obviously, like I said, Barboza would literally allow you to stand up and fight. He's got a great striking background. 
the one problem he's had is is getting the fight to the floor. He's got a good defence, but against a skilled grappler and a skilled wrestler, ultimately they're going to take you down. And Macron certainly does have the ability to get the fight to the floor and potentially look for an early submission because I think just over 70 uh, percent of his wins, he's 16 and 4, so over 70 percent of his wins in the MMA have come by submission. So again, like I said, Amakani is going to want to take the fight to floor early on because he doesn't want to absorb the strikes. Because if he absorbs a lot of strikes early on, then it could be lights out for Macquan. So again, like I said, he knows the score. I would be tempted to back Macquan, but I'm probably going to go the Ed Arbos in this one via third round TK. I just think he has the ability to finish Macquan eventually. Mason. Um, I, I agree with James by the winner. I'm going to go Edson Barboza. As we know, we know what Edson can do in, in the cage. He, he can, like, like James says, he's a great striker and he's got, he's got half decent um, takedown defense. I think it's going to be a battle on the feet. I think, well, I think Edson's going to try to keep it on the feet and I think, I think he'll win, but I don't think he'll finish him. I think he'll like grind it out to a decision win. So I'm going to go for it. That's right. a Barboza decision. Okay. Now look at that uh, Barboza takedown defense at 80%. Whew, that's scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Macquab may have a real difficult time this one. And it, exp- it kind of justified. He's plus 215. Barbosa's minus 260. So yeah, James is right. I mean, that's a pretty healthy, healthy favorite right there. All right. So let's look at your picks here. If Barbosa wins early stoppage, plus 110. If Barbosa wins by decision, plus two and two twenty-five, and if it ends in the third, plus eight fifty. So there you go. You guys are both catching plus lines. This is again, we can follow both of you on this one and still, it's still cash a payday. I like it. I like it. All right. I, I yeah. I, I kind of have a feeling you're probably on the right side. One of you is probably on the right side. I mean, Barbosa's minus two sixty. He's probably going to win. All right. Again, if you're feeling lucky, though, I would yeah. be surprised. For somebody to stick money on um, Macquan on this one, I know people favour Edson a lot, but I just I don't know. There's that little bit within me that thinks he could get a submission early on. You think you think it could be a surprise? I don't know what the line is for a first round submission? Yeah, yeah, I, could, I reckon we could. A first round submission. Well, if this, if let's see, uh, if if Macquan in ends the fight early, ever it's plus four fifty. Yes, upsetting Macquan, getting an early submission. Oh, okay. All right, Mason. Do you do you concur? You think Macquab has any? Do you think we should take a little, put a little bit of money on him to maybe end it early? I, yeah, I, I do agree with James. I think it's a possibility, but I, I'm I, I personally wouldn't just because I think Edson's gonna go for it. I think I think his takedown defense is gonna be the key factor in stopping it going to the ground. But for people for people that are a bit more adventurous in the betting side, yeah, I'd, I'd say go for it. Okay, there you go. All right, uh, let's see. Next up, is that the Marcus Perez fight? Uh, I've got Ben Rothwell versus okay, Marcin okay. Tuvira. Go. Yeah, I've got know. Ben next. Okay, let's do that. Uh, yeah, obviously, you look at it on paper, Ben's probably the more experienced fighter. And again, he's probably one of those where he's a bit of a knockout artist in that department. Over 74% of his wins come by knockout. And again, he's a hard hitter. He works very well in the clinch. He lands so many significant strikes a minute. So he does have the ability to. Sort of not the living daylights out of his opponent, but obviously he's getting on a bit. We've seen him coming off very controversial decisions as of late, and you know he hasn't been on the best of runs recently. You know we haven't seen that knockout power in his um, last couple of fights. So can he sort of restore the power in those heavy hands and sort of get the knockout this weekend? I don't know. I genuinely don't know. He's, you know, he's, almost, he's coming up to 39 years of age. Even though know, he's getting on a bit, I still think he's a violent striker. Like I said, with that pure knockout power, and he uses his legs well, especially for a big guy. You know, he's, his leg kicks are very, uh, you know, very polished. He has a very good kickboxing background. As I said, he's terrific in the clinch. And you look at Martin. Uh, he's, it's a tough one with Martin. A lot of his fights have just come, come and gone as of late, and he hasn't got decisions he's wanted. But I think he's coming into the fight on two wins, uh, two consecutive wins, both against a lesser competition. And this is probably a big step up for him against a guy like I said, Ben Rotho, who's got a lot of experience. He predominantly doesn't have that hard, heavy hands as for a heavyweight, and I think. From sort of my perspective, nowadays, if you're heavyweight and you're a well-established heavyweight, you need to have that knockout power. 
And I don't think Martin has that knockout power. He certainly does have the ability to absorb those hard shots from Ben Rothwell. But again, with Martin, he's a very balanced striker. He's, he's a typical striker, but again, he doesn't have those heavy hands to sort of be effective in the striking exchanges. But he also can be effective on the canvas. He's got a good sharp ground and pound game and, you know, he's very capable on the floor. But whether he can take the fight to the floor, I genuinely don't know. I think it's going to be one of them where we'll just see them slug it out for 15 and one of them will get the decision. And I'm going for a Ben Rothwell fire decision on this one. All right. Mason, what do you think? Well, I've I've gone I've gone same winner, but I've gone a bit of an opposite approach. I think I think Ben's gonna have that power restored within himself, and as as you know, most heavyweights have that knockout power where they can put anyone to sleep with, with just one punch. So I've gone Ben Rothwell via first round knockout. Oh wow! First KO, gotcha. And so this one's interesting because Ben Rothwell opened up as a pretty healthy favorite, minus one eighty five. He's now minus 146. So people think that 185 was way too high. So they're jumping on uh, Marson here, looks like. Uh, he opened at plus 158. He's plus 127 now. So Rothwell's still a, you know, a nice favorite, but it, that minus 185 was too high for most people to trust him. So it's mm-hmm. interesting there. All right. Uh, so you're got decision KO. Decision by Rothwell's plus 240. Rothwell by KO's plus 175, both catching nice-sized uh, plus lines there. If Rothwell wins in the first round, we're looking at a plus one, or plus 450 payout. There it is. Interesting. Yeah, I will say, to James's point, the question on the book is, will the fight go the distance? Yes, no. Yes is minus 138. No is plus 100. So there it is. Looks like it might be a decision. Maybe. All right, next up, what do you have, James? Uh, this is one where I've got Marcus Perez versus okay. uh, Justus Duplessis. Um, again, Marcus, he's got a very good record on paper, 12-3, and three, but he's coming off of a, a loss to Wellington Terman, I think that was in November, via decision, I want to say. Uh, in either way, he's not coming into this with a great form. Even though he's got a very good record, he's got a couple of fight cancellations under his belt in recent times, Marcus, so I think he's going to want to get back on the win streak and hopefully, you know, work his way up the rankings again. And obviously with Drissus, he's making his UFC debut and I'm not sure on this one. I'm, I'm favouring the debutant on this one. I'm favouring Drissus. Uh, with Marcus, he's got very solid ground game. He's got 50% of his wins have come via former submission. So if he takes the fight to the floor, uh, early on he does have a decent takedown offence rate. So if he can get the fight to the floor early on, then maybe you never know. But I know one thing's for sure, Marcus is definitely going to want to avoid back-to-back losses for the first time in his career. He's got a weird mix of striking background. I mean, he's not very much complete in the striking department, Marcus. But you see him out of nowhere throwing in these, you know, these back spinning fists and these uh, likes to mix in a couple of leg kicks again which sort of adds to that solid ground game but I don't know if he's going to want to sort of compete on the feet with against a guy like um, Jesus who's probably got again a good striking department and a great striking background who is also very capable on the ground so again this could be one of those clash up in styles where they're both similar and it's a case of who's who's sort of uh, Grappling exchanges is uh, better in terms of the wrestling department. Um, there's certainly value on Duplessis on this one, who, like I said, is making his debut. And he's certainly going to want to impress and fight Ireland, whereby the world will be watching. So he's certainly, like, like I said, an excellent or an exciting striker in my department, uh, in my opinion. He does have the more striking power over Marcus Perez. So again, like I said, I don't think Marcus is going to want to compete standing because he will get caught by Jesus, who has also got good ground game. So he's very versatile in his approach, Jesus. So that could sort of play a big, 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 big factor in this fight. I don't know. Obviously, Perez is more proven on the UFC scale. But again, again, that just does not mean anything these days. We've seen UFC fighters come up clutch from their debut and get a very surprise results so i think we will see this one uh this weekend i'm going to go for a depressive fire i'm going for a fire first round tk i mm. think he will surprise a lot of people he can get it done early on he does have the ability to sort of survive the takedown attempts from marcus perez and as i said he's the more better and more exciting striker in that department and i think he'll catch him early on all right mason 
I've I've gone again same winner as James, but I've gone for a Duplessis third round submission just because I was looking at his record and I seen he's got he's got a few submission wins on his record, but as James said, he's got he's got good stand up as well, so he can he can win it either way. But I'm going to go for a Duplessis third round submission. No faith in Perez's takedown defense here. Um, I'm I'm not sure to be honest. Okay. Let's see here. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, so, Duplicis opened up at minus 141. He's minus 156 now. So, nice not nice favorite here. Uh, Perez opened up plus 122, plus 135 now. So, it looks like people are grabbing the favorite here. That's no surprise. Duplicis to win the fight early, period, plus 140. Uh, Duplicis to win in the first, plus 375. To win in the third, plus 1,000. Oh, you know that. I love that. I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna take a piece of that. Yeah. So, whew, plus one thousand. That'll pay for a whole night right there. Yeah, drink, drinks on you. I heard, aren't you? Yeah. When you get out of quarantine, yeah. Well, no, technically I am. So, uh, oh man, if I can travel over to your ends, you best believe I'll be seeing you at the near. Get on that soon. flight. There you go. There yeah. you go. Hey, come on down. You got it. There's a sofa with your name on it here. So, <laughs> all right. Next up, what are we looking at now? Uh, we've got this is the I've got Tom Aspinall versus Alan Bordeaux next. I don't know who you've got. Oh, is there it is. Got? Yeah, it's I've it. got yep. that one next. Okay, Tom Aspinall. Yeah. Um, again, Tom Aspinall is one one of our boys fighting this weekend. I genuinely cannot wait to see this fight. He's coming into this fight after impressive first round win under his belt in his UFC debut and he averages a, a whopping 13 strikes per minute significantly with an accuracy percentage of 100. So this guy can knock you the living daylights within a heartbeat. And this guy, Tom Aspinall, I'm not just you know raving him up because he's from England, but this guy's legit. He has all the ingredients to become a superstar with those heavy hands. So... Again, he's got that very traditional, great boxing background. And he's, again, like I said, he's got great knockout power. And either, you need the hand, really. Uh, he doesn't like to waste much time going to work. He likes to pick his opponents early on. And a lot of his wins have come via first round stoppages. So he does a good job at keeping his hands up in his stance and usually walks uh, is one or two significant strikes away from knocking you out. So he's got to be careful in that department, uh, Alan, just not to get caught early on. And, Aspinall hasn't shown a lot of his groundwork recently or, or any time throughout his career, really, but he does have that good ground and pound and will throw a couple of leg kicks. And he's very, he's, he's even produced some uh, submission victories in the, in the past. I think he's, his first two wins in his career come via form of uh, submission. So he does have the proven ability on the mat. But again, it's the striking department and the knockout power where he really goes to work. Alan as well, he's entered this fight with an 81 record. He's a knockout artist himself won the one five of his last six but no he is coming off of a win last year against todd stoked uh, i think that was his last fight again like i said this will be his ufc debut naturally from what i've seen and um, from you can go on topology or share dot now and see but alan is more of a light heavyweight so he's moving up a weight class and that is a very dangerous game on his behalf to <laughs> to make your ufc debut against a guy like tom aspinall who cannot deliver no lights out of you it's going to be a tough night at the office for alan he is a very good stand-up striker himself alan but again you don't want to be going head-to-head with a guy like tom who can just not live and die outside of you in an instant he will throw Baldo will throw a couple of occasional kicks. But again, you, you'd expect Tom Aspinall to just eat them up and pick them apart early on. So with that being said, I'm going to go for a Tom Aspinall via first round knockout. That boy is going to produce an absolute wonder this weekend and we'll put his name on the map once again. All right, Mason, what do you think, man? Well, again, like James, I can't, I can't wait for this fight. Um, as we've seen in Tom's last fight against Jake Collier at on the undercard of Till Whitaker, the knockout he produced there was no, nothing short from great. But um, I spoke, I've spoke to Tom before, and he and he seems so confident in the UFC. Like now he's there after being in Cage Warriors and other promotions in the past. And for that reason alone, and how confident he seems, I've got no doubt he's going to win the next few fights he's got. But he, the way he moves around in the octagon, he, mo- he moves around like a welterweight. And the experience he's got in, in training and in fights, I know he's 
sparred a number of times with Tyson Fury and if if you can spar with Tyson Fury then you're going to be able to throw hands so again like James I'm going to go with a Tom Aspinall first round knockout all right first round knockouts both sides it, it probably wouldn't surprise you that Tom is minus 590 to win the fight this is an absolute – on paper, this looks to be an absolute massacre. <laughs> yeah, you've got to feel sorry for his opponent on paper. Yeah. I mean, Alan might right. be a knockout artist. We'll see what pattern he is when he's on the canvas. That might be the art. <laughs> uh, fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we know that if Tom wins the fight in the first round, you're catching negative 110. The books have not released a line yet for – uh, you know, for uh, knockouts or decisions or submissions or anything like that. It's still, mm. they're still trying to calculate that. Obviously they're probably trying to find a line <laughs> that's fair, you know, that they can not get killed on. So, so we don't know. We'll keep an eye on that. We'll probably know Friday when I post your guys' picks over on the app. So, all right. But first round KO for both of you. Mm. Tough night for Alan. I looks like. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, this fight is certainly not going the distance. And if I see anyone betting money on the fight going the distance, then you should choose another sport because this is not going <laughs> the full 15. Well, there you go. We'll put that in bold. This is not going the full 15. Okay. <laughs> you can uh, quote me on that too. Remember that. All right. This is not going the full distance. <laughs> there we go. All right. Next up, what are we looking at here? Uh, next up, I believe we've got Yusuf Salal versus Ilya uh, Tupuria. I'll probably butcher that, but, you know, who cares? There we go. Mason, are you back? You good? Yeah, so, 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 sorry about that, boys. That's okay. This, this is an international show. Back. There's going to be a glitch here and there. So, All right, so go ahead, James. Are you all good? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Yusuf Salal, he's 10-2 in his professional career the Moroccan devils they call him he's got very high striking accuracy but it's the grappling exchanges ways impresses a lot he's got a great defense 72 percent when it comes to the takedown department so again he's more one of those well-rounded complete um, fighters who's impressed a lot of fans recently and people are dubbing him to be this next big thing he's currently on a four fight win streak so again he want to look to sort of derail and put a one uh, first loss in Ilya's records and I, I genuinely think he can do this. Again, Topuria will be making his UFC debut and it's a tough debut and it's a tough ask to beat a guy like Yusuf Salah that can, literally can just do it all. Uh, he's got one win by knockout and set and the rest seven have come via submission. So again, you know what to expect from Emilia. He's very accomplished on the mat. He can literally submit the living daylights out of you within a heartbeat. So even though... Zalau does have the ability to compete on the mat. I don't think he's going to want to sort of look to take the fight to the floor early on because, again, Ilya is very accomplished on the mat. I think Zalau will have the better exchanges in the striking department, so that's where he'd probably want to sort of pick him apart early on and get the points on the judges' scorecards. And Ilya is a very excellent grappler who can just, again, submit you within a heartbeat. He's got solid wrestling skills with great timing that leads to the submission victories. And again, he's one of those tactical grapplers that just know when to to you know go for the kill in a way. And his striking has improved recently. With you know, you get the odd solid strikes now and then. But I think he doesn't want to be competing with uh, Zalal on this one on the stand-up game. So I think he'll need to defend the take uh, the strikes well, um, Ilya, on this one because Zalal will win the stand-up battle, in my opinion. And again, he can deliver on the uh, on the mat. So. Uh, I'm probably going to lean towards Zalal on this one. Again, they both, they're both they both very similar. I just think Zalal edges it in terms of the striking. He's very complete on the mat as well. So I, I don't think we'll see an entertaining fight on Fed paper. There's certainly a good clash up in styles, but I'm going to go for Zalal by decision on this one. I don't see him getting the finish. All right, Mason, what do you see in this one? Well, uh, as we know, it's uh, Tapuria's UFC debut, so I think that's going to give him more, more. Guess who's back? Back again, my bookie's back, tell a friend. That's right, DJ's proud to say that we're once again being brought to you by my bookie. But just because they weren't paying us doesn't mean we haven't been giving them some love. I still use my bookie to this date, and you should too. Why? Because March is about to get crazy. Insane. Maybe even a little mad. If you're still on the hunt for a sportsbook to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to 25,000 big ones, 
or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of their generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is use the promo code DEGENS, that's D-E-G-E-N-S, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere. Use the promo code DEGENS to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc fire to want to strive and do well in his debut to impress to impress the ufc bosses and hopefully make a name for himself in the ufc as seeing he's got a number of submissions on his record so therefore he's he's got to have a decent ground game for that so for that reason i'm going to go for a Taporia second round submission. Second round submission. Whew, there we go. Got it in. All right. Uh, Yusef opened up minus one ninety three. He's minus one eighty five now. So he's gotten a little bit, a little bit better. Uh, Taporia opened up plus one sixty four. He's plus one fifty eight now. So he's gotten six cents, just six cents worse. I don't think that's any reason to hit the panic button on either fighter. It just looks like minus one ninety three might have been a little too high. Uh, Yusef by decision gets you plus 150. Taporia to end early plus 210. Very good. In the second, plus 800. There you go. But Mason's going to get like one bet right and still turn a profit the whole night. I swear. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. <laughs> Very good. I like it. Swinging for the fences. All right, man. James, what are you showing next? Uh, next up, I've got Tom Breeze versus KB Buller. So, okay. who you've got next? Let's do it. Tom Breeze is an interesting one. He, again, he's one of our boys, Birmingham bred, I think. So, again, I'm probably going to be backing in this weekend. It'll be interesting to see how he can come up clutch. And he's got a good, he's got a couple of um, very impressive wins under his belt, and he's very well rounded in his approach. It'll be interesting to see how he comes up against a guy like KB Buller. He's undefeated. He can do it all, really. Again, like Tom Breeze, he's got the capability of uh, winning the striking exchanges. He's very sharp in his boxing approach, as is Breeze. And is equally impressive in the wrestling exchanges and in his jujitsu. Uh, so on paper, when you look at it, I think Buller's going to be in for a tough test when it comes to the striking department. So uh, it's going to be an interesting clash on paper. Both men can literally do it all. I think Tom Breeze is certainly one to watch in that middleweight division right now. I think if he gets a couple more fights under his belt, then certainly he'll be fighting the top 15 ranked guys soon. And it'll be an interesting one to watch this, uh, this Saturday night. I think KB's uh, undefeated record is going to go in this one. This may be the British bias within me, but I do see Tom Breeze having the skill set and the, the versatility in his approach to sort of get the job done in this fight and potentially even look for an early stoppage because, again, this guy is very complete in the striking department but can also do it in the wrestling exchanges. So I'm going to go for a first-round TKO win for Breeze. I, I, I've seen a lot of people go in for... A decision victory and a lot of people are thinking this will go the decision but if KB gets caught early on with a couple of sharp shots from Tom Breeze then I think he will connect with that right hand and potentially get the finish early on so that's why I'm going to go for a first round victory for Tom Breeze. First round KO? Yeah TKO. TKO KO, okay. whatever. Yeah whatever. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Mason are you as biased as James? Um, I am. I'm not going to go into that because James pretty said James said pretty much everything I was going to say, but I've gone for Tom Bree's second round TKO instead of the first. So it's it's a, it's a TKO, just a matter of when. Okay. All yeah. right. Uh, man, looking at this, 
Breeze opened up a nice favorite, minus 260. Uh, Bueller opened up plus 215. So looks like Breeze, you know, I mean, it's a very healthy favorite. Hasn't moved. It's kind of glued right now at the two minus 260 plus 215. So however the money's coming in, Las Vegas is perfectly happy just to take the, take it as it is. We'll see if it changes any, any, any way between now and Saturday. It probably will. Um, let's see. Tom Breeze wins early. Any round, plus 187. Tom Breeze wins in the first, plus 500. Or the second, plus 700. Whew, nice, nice. No matter how you slice it, this is looking pretty good. So, yeah, I think we should all follow you guys on this one, Tom Breeze. God save the queen, right? Yeah. <laughs> good old blood, eh? <laughs> Christ. All right. Well, let's see. So we got the uh, Chris Dukakis next. Uh, yeah, Dukakis yeah. versus Rodrigo okay. Nascimento. All right. Yeah, yeah. So, again, Rodrigo undefeated. Chris, he's had a couple of uh, unsuccessful title shots in various promotions across uh, America with the CFFC. So he'll be stepping up with the UFC on the occasion to fight against a guy like Rodrigo. He's undefeated. He's very, very dangerous at heavyweight. He does have the ability on the mat. So it'd be, it'd be a bit tough ask for Chris to sort of compete on the mat. And he does have that knockout power. So if you're a guy like Chris coming into this fight, you want to keep the fight standing and look for the... Uh, look for the knockout power and to sort of get Rodrigo uh, Nascimento out of the cage early on because if he gets a hold of you on the mat, then it's going to be time will tell as to when Rodrigo gets the job done. He, like I said, he's got so many submission victories under his belt. He's undefeated, so he's going to want to keep that undefeated record going. It's one again. It's one of them clash up in styles and nowadays. Since the the rise of Khabib, when some strikers are competing against a wrestler, you tend to predominantly lean towards the wrestler in this and in, in, in that department in, in your prediction. So, I do think Chris does have the ability to sort of connect early on uh, with Rodrigo. It just depends if he has the chin, Rodrigo, to sort of survive those early shots. I don't know. I think if Rodrigo sort of gets into the mat early on, then it could be a tough night at the office of Chris. And again, like I said, Chris does have the outstanding striking edge over. Um, with my prediction, I, I genuinely think Rodrigo gets a fight to the floor early on and sort of looks for the submission. I, I don't see a way in which Chris's uh, defence is going to come up clutch in this one. Just a case of how early Rodrigo gets done. Is he going to get it done? By the first round or the second round submission, I'm going to go for a first round submission for Rodrigo on this one. All right, Mason, your thoughts? Well, I, I agree. I don't. I don't think Chris is going to be able to stop much of the takedowns from Rodrigo. But is Chris going to hit him first? And I, I believe mm. that. And as we've seen, he's got he's got the far better striking advantage, numerous knockout wins on his record, and as most heavyweights, he's got that natural heavyweight knockout power. So I'm going to go for a Chris first round knockout. Mm. All right. Got you in. Um, this one's interesting. Rodrigo opened up minus 288. Solid, solid favorite. He's minus 260 now. So he's getting a little bit better. Uh, Chris opened up plus 235. He's plus 215 now. So he's gotten a little bit worse. So it looks like there might be a little bit of money coming in on Chris just because maybe because of the value, maybe because Chris actually has a good chance to win. I, I'm not sure. Mm. No, he certainly does have the power to not Rodrigo out early on. Again, like what Mason said, it's just a case of who who lands first. Is it going to be Chris with the overhand right or the high boost shots early on? Or is it going to be Rodrigo taking the fight to the floor early on? It depends who comes up clutch in the early exchanges. If Rodrigo ends the fight early, TKO KO submission, minus 150. So still not getting much of a, a huge amount of value there. If Chris ends the fight early, plus 333. So that that's a nice payout there. In the first for Rodrigo plus two hundred. In the first for Chris plus seven fifty. So there's there's a lot of there's a lot of value in this in this one. If one of you guys is right, we're gonna can't wait to see who. Which one's right? All right. <laughs> Next up, who are we looking at? We're looking at the uh I'll let you handle that. Is this the Hakeem Buckley fight at Midway? Yes. Uh, versus Imper Kasagni. <sighs> Again, <laughs> another undefeated fighter on this card. I mean, we've got tons of them this weekend. 
uh, impressed in the Contender Series. He won via unanimous decision uh, against Colin Hill in 2019. But I think that was the last fight we saw of Impa until um, recently. I think this was in August of 2020. And that was almost a year off against Anthony Adams. Won via decision and then stepped up on short notice. I think it was just under... I think it was just under two weeks' notice to fight against a guy like Maki Pitola, who's one of them sort of dangerous fighters at middleweight who is unranked, but again, you can certainly prove a stern test for any opponent going into the octagon, but he put in a, an impressive display against Maki Pitola, winning the decision. And again, he'll want to sort of look to, to keep that undefeated record going, uh, and he's impressed a lot of people uh, as of late, and Joaquin, He's got that knockout power. A lot of his wins have come via TKO, knockout, what have you. I think about six or seven of his professional wins have come via formal knockout again. So it'll be interesting to see if Impa can sort of survive those early shots. But he does replace uh, Abu Azata on short notice. So <laughs> Impa does love a short notice fight. And this is going to be a tough matchup on paper for Impa. Does he have the ability to withstand those early shots early on? I, I genuinely think he does. He's certainly got the chin to sort of hold his own in the striking department. Maybe land a couple of decent shots himself. Um, maybe look to match the superior sort of wrestling exchanges and get the fight to the floor early on. So it's a case of who's got the better and the well-rounded approach. I think Impa does have that edge. He's got the you know reasonably solid striking, but he's also capable to hold his own on the mat. So he's going to look to sort of capitalise on uh, Joaquin Buckley early on and sort of maybe potentially take the fight to the floor early on, but he's very effective in his, stri- in his striking impa. And again, that sort of takedown push and maybe the takedown attempts will score highly and nicely on the judges' scorecards this weekend. And I think impa's undefeated record is going to continue and I'm going to go for an impa by decision. I've been impressed with him when I've watched him against Maki Patolo and Anthony Adams, he just sort of has that well-rounded approach to compete on all fronts in the UFC. And I think Ember's probably going to be one to watch in the near future. So we I'm need- going to go for a decision. Gotcha. We need to mark the calendar. James takes a short notice fighter. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when, first when do you time. see me taking a short notice fighter? <laughs> yeah. Just go back yeah. and we'll see me, you know, bet against him all the time, but I don't know. I've been impressed with him, but, but again, short notice fights, you never know. Yeah. There you go. All right. M- Mason, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm I'm not going to say too much about this because James pretty much covered everything I was going to say as well. I I just I agree with James. I'm going for input decision. Input decision. Oh, so oh, all right. I like it. You both are agreement. All right. Let's see what we can get here. Impa opened Rare up. Occasion. Yeah, Impa opened up healthy, healthy favorite minus two sixty. Yeah, minus two forty seven now. Uh, Joaquin opened up plus two fifteen to plus two oh five now. So a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of money must be coming in on Buckley there a little bit. And let's see if this fight ends in a decision. We don't have that yet. We don't have that yet. They don't have it laid out yet. Short notice fight. They don't have a, the, the, the lines ready. So we'll keep an eye on that and see. Keep an eye on that. Although. Will the fight go the distance? Yes. Minus 175. Hmm. There you go. So it looks like you guys are cruising towards a, a correct, correct pick here. All right, so next up, what are we looking at here? Tony Kelly? Uh, yeah, Tony Kelly versus Ali Al-Kassi. Uh Ali came into this fight on you know an impressive record, but unfortunately he lost his last fight in the UFC. So again, I think that was his first loss since 2017. So it'll be interesting to see how Ali sort of comes up from that defeat and learns because the UFC is a very unforgiving sport. You know, a couple of losses under your belt and that's it, you're gone. Um, again, on paper, I just don't see this fight uh, being finished. I think they're both similar in terms of their approach. Very capable on the floor, very capable on the mat. It's just a case of whether Tony Kelly sort of comes up clutching the gas tank and the gas tank holds up and he does have the tools to sort of outwork Ali al Kasi sort of anywhere the fight goes. But um, uh, I was leaning towards Ali on this one. But again, when you look at Tony Kelly, I mean, he did, like I said, he has the ability to to sort of compete on all fronts with Ali. And uh, on his last fight, he obviously took the defeat and I don't know if he's going to sort of come up clutch for this one. Uh, Ali, he's eight and four. Who's got the ability to sort of 
sort of state their claim in this fight and I'm probably leaning towards Tony Kelly on this one it's just his length his movement his high input his large striking arsenal sort of looks to he'll look to exploit that in um, Ali Al-Kassi's game again his striking department is very you know very crisp and Ali does he have this sort of ability to withstand that pressure early on I think he does but again it's going to be one of those cases where Tony Kelly's sort of going to outpoint him for the whole three rounds and potentially get the decision but as I said, it's going to be a case of whether Tony can throw for three rounds and not tire. And that, that's when we may see Ali sort of come up clutching towards the later rounds and potentially get the finish. But on the feet or even on the ground, wherever the fight goes, I think Tony's very well-rounded and capable of competing against Scarlett Ali al So I'm going to go for a Tony Kelly by decision. All right. Mason. Again, again, I agree with a lot of what James is saying. Uh, both guys are talented on the ground and on the feet. And again, James has chosen the same as me. I've gone for a Tony Kelly via decision as well. Yeah, I'm looking at that average fight time for the fighters. Mm-hmm. 15, minutes. 15 minutes. Yeah, 15 yep. minutes for both of them. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, Tony Kelly opened up minus 200. He's minus 226 now. So it's getting worse for him. So it looks like the money's probably back in Tony Kelly. Uh, Ali opened up plus 170, plus 190 now. So looks like the people are flowing in on Tony Kelly. Tony Kelly to win by decision. We are catching a plus line, plus 140. So there it is. All right. You two both agree. Again, I like it or I hate it. I'll find out Saturday. Uh, All right. So we got three fights left. Uh, This is Omar Morales, right? Yeah, Omar Morales versus uh, Giga Chikadze. Uh, Featherweight clash. And I don't know. I'm I'm one of them whereby I've looked at uh, Kiga recently and it's very hard to, to sort of go against him but although I, from what I've seen he's the underdog going into this one she, only only slightly though I think uh, Omar's a slight very slight uh, slight favourite going mm-hmm. into the, the fight this weekend so it's been an interesting uh, matchup on paper when you look at Omar obviously He's, undefe- uh, he's undefeated, 10 and 0, perfect record. Whereas Giga's obviously got a couple of professional losses under his belt. I think at the top of my head, I've seen Omar compete at lightweight, so he's going to be a couple of times, so he's going to be dropping down predominantly at lightweight. So, again, would that weight cut sort of come up clutch and benefit Kika in this fight? I don't know. Kika's the, the taller fighter, and he's, they've both got about the same reach. And again, it's just a clash up in stars. I mean, so many people are, from what I've seen, are, are favouring Omar on this one, which is crazy. I think Giga's certainly one to watch in that featherweight division. He's on an impressive run right now. And I think he just has the tools and the skill set to compete on all fronts with Omar Morales, who will be making his featherweight debut. Um, when Morales, he's predominantly a striker. Again, if you were to back against Giga in the striking department, then you're crazy. I think he does have the ability to to win the stand-up battles, uh, Chikadze. But again, this is going to be a big test for Omar Morales. And I, I don't know on this one. I think Chikadze does have the ability to, to stake a claim in wherever the fight goes. It's one of them that we're talking about in the last fight. So if, Chi- uh, if Kiga gets the early advantage in the striking department and the striking exchanges early on, then maybe we'll see him get the decision victory. But this is going to be a tough test because obviously Omar, formerly lightweight, dropping down. He knows the score. He's very well-rounded in his approach. So it's a case of who can outpoint who and who can you know get the points early on with Chikatsi. He sort of tends to win those, win those uh, long-range kicking battles. And again, you know, any sort of points will add up and go in your favour. And if he's, you know, being active in the striking exchanges, whether whether it be your knees, elbows, kicks, that's going to score well to the judges. And I think Ch- uh, Chikadze has the ability to point wherever the fight goes and sort of look to mix it up in the striking exchanges and sort of impress the judges. So I don't think we'll see a finish on this one. I think I'm going to go for a Chikadze by decision. Mason. I, I've I think I've gone for a slightly different approach to James. I think there's gonna be a finish. I've gone for Omar Morales by a second round TKO and I've just gone for that because he's talented on, on the ground and on the feet and he he's got a number of submissions in uh via TKO, so I think he's gonna more than likely get the ground and pound second round TKO. All right, wow, okay. Uh Morales opened up minus one fifty seven, minus one fifty four now. So, you know, a nice size favorite. Nothing nothing huge. Uh, Chickadee's open up plus 136, and he's plus 133 now. 
Uh, chickadees by decision is plus 250. Morales to win, uh, win the fight early, plus 300. And in the second, plus 1,000. Wow. Yeah, but you guys are all catching plus lines again. This is, um, this is definitely a, a we could bet both sides and still turn a profit, no problem. So good job. James, you took a an underdog. I'm proud of you. This weekend. Thank you, sir. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. You, you know, you love those underdog picks from me, so hopefully that well, helps just, come to There's always going to be at least one upset. You know, the, the favorites aren't going to win every single fight. No, exactly. You're right. Yeah, there's always somebody out there. All right, so what do we got next? Is this the Tracy Cortez? Tracy Cortez versus Stephanie Edgar. Uh, but Tracy, obviously, in you know, her first professional MMA bout, she picked up a defeat to Cherry Muraksky, and that was you know way back 2007, uh, 2017, sorry. And since then, she's just been an unprecedented streak. She's seven and one now, so she's unbeaten since. And again, look at this fight on paper we're probably just going to see a full 15 minutes because looking at just from looking at Tracy Cortez's fight time now, predominantly she tends to go the full 15 and pick up the unanimous decision victory. And, um, uh, Stephanie Edgar is making a UFC debut who is the more is obviously the older fighter she doesn't even have that much more experience over Tracy Cortez I think she's fought six times compared to Tracy's eight times so she's the predominantly the more uh, active fighter and she's fought the tough competition uh, Cortez so uh, I, I genuinely I'm trying to think of ways in which we can sort of lean towards a finish in this one but I just don't think we will whereas you look at Cortez she can certainly get the fight to the floor early on. She's very predominantly strong in her wrestling exchanges. And I think she's going to limit uh, Stephanie with any sort of chances to impose her game early on. And again, I think she gets the fight to the floor early on, Tracy, and sort of exploits her through then on in, really. I think she's got to be careful, Tracy, and not to be sloppy and give Stephanie a chance to impose her game. But again, if she takes the fight to the floor early on, then I think I see Tracy beating Stephanie Edgar up for a comfortable decision. So, again, both decision merchants. I'm going to go for a Cortez for our decision. Mason. Um, well, to, be, well, to be honest, Arch, I'm not that looking forward to this fight. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be quite sluggish. So, I've gone for a Stephanie via decision. Oh, okay. So, you both are on the decision, just different sides. Uh, let's see. I'm having a hard time finding this one. Uh, there it is. There it is. Kind of buried in the middle. Uh, Stephanie wins by decision plus 333. Tracy wins by decision plus 110. You're both catching a plus line there. Tracy is a massive favorite. Opened up minus 274, minus 194 now. So it's dropped a bit. You know, actually, 80 cents. So uh, Vegas set her pretty high. The money drove her down. We'll see. I, 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 I'm looking at these stats and I'm not sure. I'm not sure who's going to win. Oh, boy. So, yeah, let's just follow both of you guys. Decision, either side, make some money. It's a healthy, it's a good, it's a good place to be. Yeah. All right, last fight of the night, or first fight of the night, I should say. Yeah, come on. I know we go from uh, top to bottom, but this obviously will be the first fight of the night. Yes, yes. Um, again, this is certainly an interesting one on paper. When you look at Tagir, uh, and Bekov probably butchered that versus Bruno Silva. You've got a feel for Bruno on paper. I think the UFC have matched uh, Tagir up very well in this fight because you look at some of Bruno's five losses in his professional career. A lot of those uh, defeats have come via submission. You look at a a guy like Tagir, I mean, this guy's a bit of a submission artist in his own right. I mean, look at his his professional career. uh, Submission, submission, submission. So he's got a lot of submissions under his belt. He's very predominant wrestling in that approach and he comes from Russia and you look at the Russians right now he's born in Dagestan you just cannot back against the Russians in this one he's enjoyed a very uh, successful stint across European promotions Tagir Willem uh, Begov so I just don't see how I don't see how he's going to lose this one I think he is making his UFC debut impressed in various promotions across Europe and again the flyweights this is probably going to be one of their worst nightmares in you know in the upcoming years 
So with that being said, I, I, I'm, I was leaning towards a Tagir via decision on this one, but just based on his sheer dominance on the mat, and he does have the ability to choke you out very early on, I'm going to go for a Tagir via first round submission. I just think he has the skills to submit Bruno very early on. I just don't know if Bruno Silva's defence is going to come up clutch for this one. He's got very poor defence, and especially when you come up against a guy like Tagir, you don't want to be getting caught early on. But I sadly see Bruno getting caught early on and Tagir getting the first-round submission victory. All right, Mason, do you agree? Um, I, I like to say I don't now because I've, I've got a feeling... I've got a feeling this is going to go the full 15. I've got a feeling it's going to be quite a high-paced fight. And I think Bruno's... Um, defence, although not the greatest, but I think I've got a feeling it's going to come up clutch this time. So I've gone for a Bruno Silva via decision win. Wow. That's huge. I mean, that's that's big. Uh, Bruno opened up plus 275. He's plus 321 now. Massive underdog. Uh, Tagir opened up minus 346. Minus 416 now to win the fight. Ooh, so, I mean, it looks to be... According to Las Vegas, a very one-sided fight. Yeah, I genuinely don't see how Bruno gets it done. I mean, Tagir's train with uh, Abdul Manap Nurmagomedov, obviously Khabib's uh, dad, who's unfortunately passed on. He's trained with those high-level grapplers and those high-level athletes. I, I genuinely don't see how Bruno gets it done in this one, I'm afraid. It's, it's, it's a big payout. Plus, uh, plus 600 for Bruno to win by decision plus 162 for Tagir to win by a uh, early stoppage. Ooh. It's not too late to change your mind, Mason. <laughs> uh, I'm going to, I'm going to stick. I'm going to stick with Bruno. I'm afraid James. All right. Yeah. Don't let him bully you, Mason. Don't let him bully you. This isn't the sports <laughs> sesh podcast. You, you, you don't have to back oh, down. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, if Tagir wins in the first round, you're looking at plus 400. Not bad, not bad. Now, but to Mason's credit, I will say the question, does the fight go the distance? Yes, no. Yes is minus 150. No is plus 110. So, you know, I mean, judges are fucking morons. Uh, they may score Bruno winning, you know, even if he's getting killed. You well, never know. He's, yeah, even if he's winning all three rounds, no, yeah. the judges, they'll probably give it to Bruno. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So that I'll give the judges a call to put my way. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, pull some strings. You're gonna bribe him this time. Yeah. Have you got <laughs> the money to bribe them? He will at the end of this <laughs> night if just a couple of his bets come in. Whew, he'll have some money. He'll have some money in the bank. <laughs> but that—that's the whole card. So if you <clears> like James and Mason, you can find them elsewhere. Right? Where are you guys? Where are you guys hanging out? I'll let you go, Mason. Come on, you I'll can let... deal with this. Yeah. <laughs> Well, on YouTube, we're known as the Sports Sesh Podcast. We've got a Facebook group called the Sports Sesh Podcast, and you can find us both on there. My my personal Twitter is at MMA Mason, and um, you can find me on there. I'll post stuff about about the podcast, and we're also talking about setting up a Twitter page for the podcast, which I'm sure we'll do soon. Oh, nice, nice. So, yeah, Sports Sesh is growing. Uh, Jim, yeah, chasing you down with oh, your 500 yeah. odd followers. There you go. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I have very many followers on Twitter. I, I don't tweet very often. I just I just go on to watch James eat humble pie when he makes incorrect uh, football picks. Yeah, literally, I was surprised. Uh-huh. I tweeted it out and out of nowhere. I saw you comment. I was like, do you watch football or soccer, as you guys call it? But again, any opportunity where I hold my hand up and make a mistake, I bet you're laughing your socks off. Right, yeah. I've got a, I've got a Google, <laughs> Google alert for James and mistake. So there it is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> God's sake! All right, man. So, sports sesh, uh, James. What's your what's your Twitter handle again? Uh, Evans James ninety nine. Obviously, I do some stuff over at UFC Deluxe still, and that's still going. So, yeah, James uh, Evans James ninety nine, and UFC Deluxe. You can catch me on there. And I'm very active, unlike you guys. Yeah, very very active. There you go. He Probably is a little too yeah. active. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. It was so much fun. I'm looking forward to getting you you guys together on more often. Get some get some different opinions. It's good stuff. Yeah, it should be good. Hopefully, 100%. we don't uh, agree on too much. We have sort of uh, we have that headline whereby Mason makes an outrageous call again. If that comes up, clutch, fair play. But we need to disagree more often. Yeah. All right, guys. I can't let my fans down. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Get out of here, guys. Talk to you later. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. 
Under no circumstances will the owner-operators of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.